0: Brothers and Elders, this is the mercy of Allah Taala that Allah Taala gave us this opportunity to be sitting here in His House, discussing His greatness, discussing the Deen, this great gift that Allah Taala has blessed us with. May Allah Taala make this gathering of ours a means of great benefit for me and all of us. Make it a means of us getting closer to Him. This is the purpose, this is the object, and how we can try and get closer to Allah. Ta'ala. The Hadith Sharif that we recited is a very comprehensive Hadith. The words of Rasulullah are very, very concise, and many, many ahadith have been regarded as jawami'ul kalim have been termed as jawami'ul kalim which means simply that in very short words very small words line, two lines there are oceans of knowledge that are encompassed in it and this is the muajizah, the miracle of Rasulullah ﷺ, that he would express volumes of knowledge in a few words so this hadith sharif is also similar. And Allah's Nabi ﷺ says, Al-Iman bid'u wa Iman has more than 70 branches. So there's an example that has been given. Branches, when we hear the word branch, automatically our mind goes to a tree. So Iman is being compared to a tree. A tree, we understand, we see trees all the time, all around us. Tree has something which is the seed, which is buried underground, you can't see the seed. And then comes the trunk and then the branches brought uh, out there and the leaves come onto the branches and then the flowers and then the fruit and whatever else. So Iman is being compared to this tree. So one is the Iman itself, the Tawheed, the oneness of Allah Ta'ala that a person believes in. That is the seed itself which is buried underground. It's deep down in our hearts. Alhamdulillah it's there. It's the Fazal of Allah Ta'ala. It's only his gift. This is nobody's achievement. Otherwise there are many many very intelligent people normally intelligence is measured by the IQ of a person so there are people with very very high IQs 150s and 160s but the intelligence is of no use to them because some are bowing to the cow somebody is bowing to some tree somebody is a total atheist so they haven't recognized Allah Ta'ala. so what is the use of that intelligence so that intelligence doesn't take anybody to this great gift. It is totally the favor of Allah. Ta'ala. It's not anybody's wealth, not anybody's intelligence, anybody's social standing, anybody's position, nothing. It's only Allah's favor. And therefore, we have to be forever grateful for this. Allah Ta'ala says, You are grateful, I will increase my amad. So, what we are being told in this example is that Iman. Is like this tree. So only is the iman that is inside us. But Nabee is giving this example and saying to us that don't leave the iman just hidden underground. The iman must become visible also. If that seed is just underground, nobody knows that there's something so valuable here. But until that sprout doesn't come up, that trunk doesn't shoot forth. When those branches don't come, nobody will even know what is in here, but it's there. That Iman in the heart is certainly a very valuable thing, it will one day take a person to Jannath But Nabi Slaswam is saying that it mustn't be hidden, it must bring forth everything. So, this example is being given that it has more than 70 branches. When a person has this Iman in the heart and then the branches also come out. Now, like the tree, the tongue came, then the branches came, the leaves came, now is providing shade. So somebody is benefiting from the shade. Then the beautiful flowers will come. Somebody from a distance will see those flowers and be attracted to the tree. Then the beautiful fruit will come. And depending on the quality of the seed, that fruit might be export quality let alone in the local area, it will go far and wide, it will go to distant lands. So depending on the quality of that seed, this will become even the benefit of the fruit also. So we are being told that make that Iman like that, that. That seed also is of a very high quality, that Iman, that Tawheed, that tisalat, the belief is very strong, very firm. And now this tree will come forth, the tree of A'mal. The branches of ibadat will come. There'll be salah in the person's life. Now this is visible. Iman is hidden inside the heart. But the salah is visible. There'll be the paying of zakat, the performance of hajj, fasting in the month of Ramadan. The branches of ibadat will come. Then there will be the beautiful leaves of muasharat that will come. Social life. How a person interacts with one another. Now his wife also will benefit from the shade of the tree. Otherwise, there'll just be thorny things that are sticking out here and there, which will cause the grief and difficulty to everybody. But now that he has this true iman springing forth, so now that shade will be given to everyone. His parents will benefit from the shade. His family will benefit from the shade. And Others also will benefit from it. Then there will be the aspect of Muamalat. Those flowers also will be of different colors and different shades and different shapes. And some will be the flowers of Muasharat and social dealing. Some will be the beautiful flowers of Muamalat, the correct monetary dealings. How a person deals with people in terms of monetary transactions. His customers, how he deals with them. His suppliers, how he deals with them. His colleagues, how he deals with them. Indonesia is among the biggest, perhaps the biggest Muslim country in the world. It has the biggest Muslim population. And it came into Islam by the means of traders. Six people, six sahaba-i kiram came and they settled in that area and their business became the means of the population coming to Iman. In Malawi, some years back we had the opportunity of being there. So We were told there was a, some centuries back, a person by the name of Abdullah Jumbe. He came as a trader. But the way he traded, the manner in which he portrayed the Muhammad of Islam, that brought the population into deen. So Islam spread in many places through the traders. Because they traded with the correct Muhammad. Correct way in which Deen has taught us how to trade. That honesty, that fairness, that justice, that correct manner of speaking to the person, whoever it may be. So now this Iman will bring forth this beautiful muamalat. This tree will now have these beautiful flowers. And together with that, there will be this beautiful fruit of akhlaq. And this akhlaq will be tasted far and wide. So this is the example that is being given to us that this iman must not just remain hidden, alhamdulillah is there, but it must bring forth all these things. So Wasallam is now expanding on this tree of iman and he says, So Ilaha <coughs> illallah. The main branch, we can call it the trunk, and this is what actually is linked to the seed itself is La ilaha illallah. One is the seed, the iman itself, the belief, and then the saying of La ilaha illallah, the verbal expression of it also. So, iman is the seed to everything. Without iman, nothing is acceptable. The Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala speaks about this. Those who disbelieve in Allah, Ta'ala, who reject Allah. Ta'ala. Now, a person sometimes does a lot of good things. In terms of day-to-day life maybe he's charitable maybe he's kind but all these things without iman will bring no benefit in the hereafter it will bring benefit to him in the dunya he'll also benefit from the good results of this but in the akhirat this is all like trying to build a house without a foundation foundation is iman the person is putting brick upon brick but the slightest breeze and everything is going to collapse. And sometimes without a breeze we it will collapse. So with death, that breeze of death will blow everything away. If there is no foundation of Iman. The iman is the essential thing. That's the foundation. But the Iman is there, then everything else will have something to stand on. So this is the most important thing. And this requires that we keep checking that our Iman is correct. Our are correct. Just to understand this, what we mean by this, once in one madrasa, little children, so two children are quarreling with one another, so one called the other a baboon. So the other fellow very coolly and calmly said, so what's the problem? All of us are from baboons. So the overheard it, he called them both, what's happening? He says, well, he called me a baboon. He says, then what happened? So I told him, all of us are baboons, from baboons. So he said, where you got this from? He said, well, this teacher told us in school. Now he is growing up with this as a belief. Whereas this so-called theory, which is a fallacy of evolution, this goes against so many ayat of the Qur'an Sharif. It rejects the very fundamental belief that we have about Adam Sallam be, being created by Allah Ta'ala. Directly been created by Allah tabaraka ta'ala. And all these details are in the Qur'an Sharif. min sal-salim min Hamaim masnoon, And various ayats of the Qur'an Sharif. And here this person is growing up with this belief in his heart that na'uzubillah human beings came from baboons. Now when this is the belief in the heart which is now negating so many ayat of the Qur'an Sharif, where's Iman? Now that child will grow up and if that doesn't get corrected, now he'll even perform Namaz, he'll fast in the month of Ramadan, he'll go for Hajj maybe over and over again, and he might give millions in charity, and what else he might do in his life. But if that Iman is not corrected, all this is, وَالَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا Allah says those who disbelieve or their actions are like a mirage. Far away in the person sometimes is traveling or in the desert, whatever. Far away he can see water. But when he comes there, there's no water. It's just, just a deception. Hatta jaahu lam yajidhu Shaya. When he comes there, he'll find nothing. Comes in the akhirat, there's nothing for him. Allah, they already given it to him in the world. Nothing for Ibn Akhirat. So we have to keep checking the iman of our children. What are they believing in? And nowadays everybody is, their information is at the hands of every person. People are just taking fatwas from Mufti Google and carrying on with life. And what not is coming via, there are all kinds of sites everywhere, whether it is the Qadianis and whether it's a Shia or whether it's a whoever else, and all kinds of beliefs. Which are totally against the fundamental beliefs of a mu'min. And now people are just taking anything that comes. So we have to be very careful in this regard of what we take, where we take it from. And what we take and where we should be taking it from is what is Allah Ta'ala giving us that direction in the Quran Sharif. That. Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala is giving us this entire prescription, every day, every Salah, we are reciting the Surah. And we are asking Allah, Ta'ala, Ya Allah, guide us to the straight path. What is a straight path? Whose straight path? How we will get there? The simple answer was, Sirat Al-Quran, or Rasul. the path of the Quran and the path of the Rasul of Allah, Ta'ala. that is it, that is the straight path. But how will we get to the state path Allah Ta'ala says Ladina an Anamta Alehim, the path of those whom You have favoured. Who are these people? In another ayat Ta'ala explains: Binan Nabiyin wa Siddiqin wa wa Salihin wa The Nabiyin, the prophets of Allah Taala. The last nabi of Allah Taala was nabi sallam. Then the Siddiqeen, the shuhada, and the pious servants of Allah Taala. So we will always have to refer to people who are rightly guided and they will guide us to the state path person decides to do things on his own it is like a person wants to treat himself physically ill he is he's not a doctor but he wants to treat himself by opening medical books person wants to do engineering he wants to build a house so he opens the books of engineering and he's joining up y3 and Zs and X's and whatever else is so that might become a very major tomb for himself as soon as he enters it it might fall on him so nobody takes a chance building a house if he is not qualified nobody takes a chance treating himself if he doesn't have the ability to do so he's not a person qualified in the field so deen is more sensitive deen is more delicate deen is very much more com- not complicated but much more deep this requires the guidance of those who have the knowledge. So we go to the ulama al and learn from them. So in any case, this is the aspect of our aqaid, our iman, that we have to keep checking our iman is correct. So, فَافْضَلُهَا قَوْلُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهَ This is the first thing Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says. That, that iman must be correct. But in this is another message also. In the very expression of everything, there are messages, there are lessons. The so, Nabi sallallahu alayhi is telling us one is the iman, then قول لا إله إلا الله, Expressing La ilaha illallah. And this expression of La ilaha illallah is something that is required to be done repeatedly In so many ahadith, the repetition of La ilaha illallah is encouraged The sahaba ikram would meet one another, they would say تعال نجدد إيماننا بقول لا إله إلا الله Come so, let us refresh our iman we'll repeat la ilaha illallah and refresh our imam. So this brings us to the lesson of the zikr of Allah. This is a fundamental requirement in a mu'min's life. That he remembers Allah daily, all the time. There are so many ayat of the Quran Sharif that pertain to the zikr of Allah, but the emphasis is something to take note of. Allah Ta'ala says remember Allah Ta'ala excessively and in the hadith Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam elaborates on this that remember Allah Ta'ala to such an extent that somebody might say this person is now gone off his head that he got no other job in life it doesn't mean to behave like a mad person But somebody who doesn't appreciate and understand what is the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, he will write this person off. So, this is the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala and the reason for this being so important is that a person who remembers Allah Ta'ala will be in the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. That is the object of zikr. The real object of zikr is the itaat and the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. The person who remembers Allah, he is in the obedience of the person who is obedient to Allah, he is remembering Allah. And the person who is disobeying Allah is forgotten Allah. Then, even if he's got a tasbih in his hand at that time and he's saying, Subhanallah, Subhanallah, but he's also at the mo- that same moment casting haram glances around, looking around, and he's saying, Astaghfirullah, Astaghfirullah, but he's still looking also. So that istighfar is something to make istighfar upon. So the zikr of Allah Ta'ala is to bring the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. A person now is in his business, and at that time somebody has walked in. But now he's conducting himself because it's a female, so he's guarding his gaze, he's conducting himself in the way that deen requires of him. Now Why is he doing all this? He's doing it because Allah Ta'ala is watching. So at that time he is saying this is 5 rand and that is 45 rand and this is so many meters and so many kilos. But he's conducting himself with the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. That Allah Ta'ala is watching. Allah Ta'ala knows what is in my heart. How am I dealing now? What, what are the thoughts that are going in my heart? Am I trying to sell the item only? Am I trying to also attract attention to myself? Allah Ta'ala is observing. Allah Ta'ala is watching. Allah Ta'ala knows. So now he is conscious of all this at that time, though he is busy saying that this is 50 rand and this is 100 rand and this is so many meters and so many kilos, he is 100% in the zikr of Allah Ta'ala, because he is conscious of Allah. Ta'ala. Somebody has come to offer him a deal and he can make a huge profit in a moment. If he goes ahead with this deal, he'll buy it and sell it at a huge profit, make 500% profit, maybe 1000% profit. But there's a haram element in this deal. There's some interest involved in it. Some other haram element involved in it. He said, I'm not touching it. Now at that time, he's not engaged in any verbal zikr. But he's 100% in the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. Because he's not touching it. Why? Because my Allah is watching. And my Rabb has forbidden this. So I'm not touching it. So he is 100% in the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. But to develop this consciousness, that whether a person is in the masjid, whether he is at home, whether he is behind closed doors, whether he has closed the doors and locked it as well, and he has closed the curtains and put the light off also, but he is still conscious, my Allah is watching. To develop that consciousness, whether he is on the street, whether he is in a foreign country, and he's aware that now nobody knows me here. But nobody knows me, Allah knows me better than anybody. So now this consciousness, to develop this consciousness, the zikr of Allah Ta'ala is the means. When a person repeatedly takes the name of Allah Ta'ala, then this builds this consciousness. Now he's saying Allah, Allah repeatedly, for a period of time every day, dedicated time. In that time, whether it is five minutes, daily, but that there is no distraction between Banda and Khuda, between the servant and his creator. He has dedicated his time, he has removed every distraction, every kind of disturbance, and he is dedicatedly remembering Allah wa Ta'ala. Now, when he is repeatedly taking Allah Ta'ala's name in this manner, when he is now in private somewhere, or whether he is in the middle of public, but that remembrance inshallah will keep the consciousness of allah taala in him so this is a requirement we need to dedicate some time daily we have time to do so many things to read so many things to read about the non entities of this world but time to take the name of allah so this is the zikr of allah taala that we need to develop included in the zikr a very important part is the tilawat of the quran sharif the story is part of zikr. Daily, people, one person told me he read the long road to freedom three times. Whatever that may be, the long road to freedom, he read it three times. Asked him the sirat of Rasulullah well how many times you read, he hadn't read one book on sirat. And the Quran, Sharif, how often you read? Well, he didn't remember when last he read. So we have time to read the newspapers from end to end and People, some tell me they read one novel in the night, whole, one whole novel in one night. How many hundred pages of fine print, and in one night the person finishes off. And how many lines of Quran Sharif you read? It says for months I haven't read anything. So we have time for the news, newspapers and time for the novels and time for whatever else, but time for the Quran Sharif on the day of Qiyamah. It must not be that Allah Taala. In his court, Nabi Islam comes, which Allah Ta'ala speaks about in the Qur'an Sharif. وَقَالَ الرَّسُولُ يَا know, <مَحجورًا> my Rabb, my people, my people forsook the Qur'an Sharif. They took it and put it on the shelf. They were waiting for somebody to pass away, then they'll take it out. They are waiting for the month of Ramadan to come, then they'll take it out. Unfortunately, now this atmosphere of Ramadan also in terms of Tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif is dying out. Previously, let alone a person who is a Hafiz of the Qur'an Sharif, I'm talking about in general terms and what we saw in our own hometowns and so on, let alone a Hafiz of the Qur'an Sharif, I'm well aware of many businessmen of that time and some of them are still there, that at average in the month of Ramadan would be 15 paras a day. Daily 15, somebody 10, somebody 12, 15. Many people, and you would pass the shops during the day, if it's a quiet day, the person doesn't have customers, he's busy reciting Qur'an Sharif. The Masjid after Fajr would be buzzing with Qur'an Sharif. But unfortunately, even in the month of Ramadan too, this atmosphere is now dying off. We need to bring the recitation of the Qur'an Sharif alive. If for whatever reason we didn't have the opportunity to learn how to recite the Qur'an Sharif, inshallah some... Ulama that are in our community, the that are here. We request three minutes a day. Inshallah, they'll give us three minutes a day. Three minutes a day. Three minutes a day we learn how to recite the Qur'an Sharif. And in three minutes a day, we dedicate only. What, What does it take three minutes? After some salah or before some salah at some time. Inshallah, in a few months time, we'll be reciting the Qur'an Sharif. Three minutes a day. So the zikr of Allah Ta'ala requires that we remember Allah Ta'ala daily. And it is so simple. One is this dedicated time. But together with that, to be constantly in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. One very simple zikr. That to be conscious of reciting Bismillah all the time. This is such an ibadat, And it keeps linking a person to Allah Ta'ala. And reciting Bismillah is sunnat. But it is such a major sunnat at the beginning of everything, that certain things a person forgets to recite bismillah, there are negative consequences also. For example, in the hadith sharif it comes that a person enters his house and then he closes the door without reciting bismillah. Now what does it take to recite bismillah when a person is opening the door, closing the door? Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim It didn't even take three seconds. But when a person closes the door without reciting Bismillah, Nabi Salaam says, the shayateen call upon one another. That, wajat tumul mabeet. In this house you have got a place to stay, you found accommodation for free, come. Shayateen call upon one another, free accommodation here. Now that house now is becoming a place which is accommodating the shayateen. Then the person sits down to eat. And he starts eating without reciting Bismillah. The shayateen call upon one another, you got food here also, come join him. So the shayateen join and partake of that food with him. And it comes in the hadith, a person goes to the toilet, and he enters the toilet without having first recited Bismillah. Then while he is in the toilet, the shayateen interfere with him. And further than that, in one hadith it is mentioned that a person is in, Solitude in, in privacy, spouses are in privacy, and at the time of that intimacy, they didn't say Bismillah that shaitan affects the child that will be born. Also, now imagine that this is a sunnah of Nabi. ﷺ. Ask any mufti in the world, nobody's going to say it's farz or wajib But omitting the sunnah also has its consequences. But what does it take? How much of effort? All it requires is to be conscious. Now a person woke up in the morning before he's leaving the home, he's reciting Bismillah, before he's wearing his garments, he's reading Bismillah. And wearing his... Then he's opening the door, he's reciting Bismillah. He's starting the car, he's reciting Bismillah. He's jumping out and he's walking into the masjid, he's reciting Bismillah. And at every, each time he's reciting Bismillah, this is also zikr. He's taking the name of Allah Ta'ala. r-Rahim. So how, how easy it is, how simple it is to keep this zikr alive and to keep this contact with Allah. Wa ta'ala. Then the various masnoon du'as, simple du'as, which Allah's Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam taught, which he used to practice on, from morning to evening open the books of hadith, you'll find from every bit of action, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam taught one du'a. First thing the person wakes up in the morning, first thing, alhamdulillah, the shukar of Allah ta'ala. Ya Allah, you gave me life again Alhamdulillah, alladhi ahiyana ba'da ma amatana wa ilayhin nushur what a simple dua we take one dua for a week get somebody to write it down for us or so buy one little kitab with authentic kitab of the Muslim duas and we learn one dua a week one dua a month and all it requires is that look at it and read it at the appropriate occasion don't even try to buy heart it Sometimes a person after a certain age is not easy to memorize things. Only we just make a copy of it, read the dua while looking inside at the occasion. One day, two days, one, day, one week, two weeks time without trying to learn it by heart, it will be already by heart. And then the person carries on with it, then he takes the next one. But in this, this consciousness of Allah Ta'ala will develop. And now whether a person is in public, whether he's in privacy, whether he seems that he alone... He now won't be looking behind his shoulder to see that, I hope nobody is watching what I'm doing. He will be knowing all the time Allah is watching. And Allah t'ala is watching. But the Makhluq of Allah t'ala is watching as well. That a person when he's turning to look behind his shoulder, he'll stop at his shoulder. That the angels of Allah t'ala are also writing. Kiraman katibina ya'alamuna ma taf'alun. The kiraman are writing also, what is being done? You won't look behind his shoulder, you look at his shoulder. So the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala to develop that, we need to be dedicating some time for the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. And all this is very simple zikr. So together with that, some dedicated time, wherein a person sits down hundred times, he's reciting istighfar, even just astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah. In the hadith, Nabi S.A.W. says, Tuba liman fi istighfaran Glad tidings to that person, who on the day of Qiyamah finds in his book of deeds, excessive istighfar. In one sitting, one majlis, one gathering, the Sahaba would say, we would count sometimes, more than 70 times Nabi Wasallam making istighfar. Allah's Nabi Wasallam, who's masoom, who's sinless, he's making istighfar. Some Ahadith say 70, some say 100 times. So what extent of istighfar we should be making? And then together with that Durood Sharif, sending Durood and Salawat upon Rasulullah Sallallahu whose sacrifices are the reason for which today we are taking the name of Allah Taala. Due to those sacrifices, today we are sitting in the house of Allah We need to show our appreciation by the recitation of Durood Sharif. Inna An Qiyama, Aktharuhum In وَسَلَّمُ Nabi wasallam says the closest person to me on the day of Tayama will be the person who recites the most Durud upon me. And there are many people, many people presently in this dunya. What is those who did well, who have gone already many of them are beyond our imagination also. But there are many people presently in this world. Some recite 10,000 Durud Sharif daily. Some 20,000 I am aware of some who recite about 100,000 a day. And it's just a matter of when a person starts doing something, Allah Ta'ala puts barakat in that time. When a person is conscious, he makes an effort, he dedicates himself. A person just thinks about it that by the time he jumps in his car and he goes to his house, and he just he keeps reciting, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. How many times he'll read by the time he reaches home? Now one year somebody's with him, he's talking something, well and good. But he's alone most of the time. Or oh, he's driving to work, he's coming back home, he's going somewhere for some other work. Often the person is alone. So he's alone now what he does. So now he's listening to something else. But engage the tongue in Duru Sharif, he'll recite hundreds of times in that, short, in that short duration of time. So to become accustomed to the recitation of Duru Sharif, and this has so much of Khair in it, so much of Barkat in it, it brings Barkat in a person's life, in his Rizq, in his children, in his family, in everything. The recitation of Duru Sharif. One Sahabi came to Nabi and he said, that, Should I make half of my entire time that I'm spending in various nafil ibadat, half of it dedicated to Duru Sharif? Nabi said, Excellent. And if you increase it, it's better for you. Then he said, Three quarter. Very good. If you increase it, it's better. He said, Okay, I'm going to make it 100%. He said, Then Allah will fulfill your every need for you. So, Dhuru Sharif, Allah's Nabi remembered us so much at every occasion. So how much do we remember him by means of Duru Sharif? We need to increase this. We need to become conscious of Duru Sharif. So istighfar, Durut Sharif, around at least 100 times istighfar, 100 times Durut Sharif. This 100 times istighfar and Durut Sharif won't take 5 minutes also. Sallallahu wa sallam, That's the shortest form of Durut Sharif, with azmat, with respect, with honor. Like a person presenting a gift, the great respect to somebody very great, And istighfar with a lot of regret and remorse in the heart. Like a person has, because he did something, made a bad decision, so as a result he lost a million rands. Now when he thinks of that decision he made, his heart is broken. Every time that happened one year ago, but every time his mind goes to that decision he made, which cost him a million rands, his heart is shattered again. So with that kind of remorse that I made a decision in my life to break the command of Allah Ta'ala which is more valuable than the whole world and its contents. So, What kind of remorse should be there that I disobeyed Allah Ta'ala? With that remorse, to make istighfar. So this is the zikr of Allah Ta'ala, that is a lesson that we have been given. Then, further in this hadith, Nabi Wasallam says, that this is the main branch of iman, this is the trunk itself. Nabi Wasallam is still describing this tree of iman. The smallest branch, the smallest branch is to remove some harmful thing from the way. But this is not small. It's the smallest branch, comparatively speaking. It is the smallest branch, comparatively speaking, but in reality it is a huge branch. So what is this rest of it is beyond that. What is this branch of Imam? To remove something that will cause inconvenience to anybody out of the way. This is the teaching of Deen. This is the, the great values that Deen has taught us. That nobody must be given any taklif in any way. Allah's Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says Al Muslim, that who is a Muslim who deserves this title al muslimu man salima al-Muslimuna wa A Muslim, that person deserves this title, who everybody else, every other Muslim, is safe from any taqlib, any inconvenience from his word or deed. He doesn't say anything to hurt anybody, doesn't do anything to hurt anybody. This person deserves to be called Muslim. He is entitled to the title of Muslim. So this is a branch of Iman unfortunately many a times it happens that in order to amuse oneself we wait, find ways and means of giving taklif to the next person so that will amuse us how far away we have gone from what Allah's Nabi is teaching us the branch of Iman is that even if they, we didn't throw that thorn in the way somebody else threw it Somebody else was responsible for causing that taklif. But the dictates of Iman are that I cannot pass from here without removing it, so that it doesn't cause any taklif to anyone. So if a person is that conscious that somebody else's problem, somebody else was, responsi- was responsible for this, but I can't pass here without removing it, then where would such a person deliberately cause taklif to anybody? Insan is insan, he can make a mistake, mistake is something else, but deliberately to premeditate something, to plan something, to cause taklif to the next person, whether the taklif is by some word, whether it is some financial matter, person plans to cause somebody some loss in whichever way, do him down in some way, whether it is in some other manner, it is inconceivable that a person who has this consciousness and this branch of iman is alive in him, that he cannot pass by something that will cause taklif, but he will first remove it. Where will he ever give taklif to anybody deliberately? And this is that entire branch of deen known as mu'asharat. Not to give the next person taklif in any way. Hazrat thani one of the great luminaries of the past century, He was very ill. He was in his old age already. Very ill. And in that illness, late at night he had to wake up to go to the toilet. So he woke up and then he took the water jug, the Lota water jug. No water facility that you open the tap. (coughs) So he had to take the water and go. Went. After he finished off and came back, But by the time he came back, he was so exhausted due to the illness and the weakness, that on the way back, he collapsed and he fainted. He was unconscious for a while. It was late at night, nobody was what what's going on? After a while, he came back to his consciousness and he realized what happened, he fell down. So he woke up with difficulty and he made his way back to his bed. When he came back and he lay down on his bed now, consider the whole situation, a person of that age, he's already in his 70s or something, and he's very ill, he's so weak that he just collapsed, he just fell unconscious. But now when he, after making his way with difficulty to his bed, he remembered that when I came back from the toilet, I still had that water jug, that Lota in my hand. And when I fell down, that fell out of my hand as well. So it is lying somewhere in the way. Now, one is, if somebody else wakes up and they want to go to the toilet, they will go to look for it in its place. They won't find it there. So already somebody will get the khlief. And The second thing is, it's lying in the way, somebody could trip over it or whatever, they might get the cleave. So now the simple thing was, his wife was there, I told her this was the story, please go find the thing and take it and put it back. But he didn't want to give her the cleaf and spoil her sleep. So in that condition, he woke up again and made his way with difficulty to go and look for that junk in its way where it had fallen in the dark. Found it, picked it up, put it in his place and then came back and laid on the bed again. But this was the consciousness that nobody must get the leave from me. And after all, these are the people who follow in the footsteps of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So why wouldn't they show this example? It is the night of Bara'a, the 15th of Shaban such a great night allahu's nabiy sallallahu alaihi waking up for ibadat he thought hasan at aisha radhiyallahu ta'ala is asleep so he wakes up but how does he wake up hasaisha radnana describes it that fastayqaza ruwaydan wa anta'ala ruwaydan wa fataha al-baba ruwaydan wa kharaja ruwaydan wa aghlaqa al-baba ruwaydan she is emphasizing can you imagine what degree of the uh, Nabi s.a.w. was taking to make sure nobody is disturbed that at every point she is emphasizing the same thing that he woke up very gently he wore his shoes very gently he opened the door very gently he came out of the room very gently he closed the door very gently where is he going? he is going to make ibadat of Allah Ta'ala. and what is he avoiding? he is avoiding causing taklif to his own wife who is sleeping in the room our condition would be that if Allah t'ala will that we woke up for tahajjud one night, then all the doors will whip, open and close in such a way that least everybody must know that I'm awake. I don't sleep the whole night, I wake up. Allah's Nabi, he's waking up for the ibadat of Allah, t'ala. it's only his wife in the room. But this is the care that she mustn't get disturbed also. So somebody who is that conscious of not even disturbing the sleep of his wife, where will he give her taklif in some other way? Where will he ever be in that situation where somebody is going to complain about wife abuse about him? Rather he will be that person who Nabi Sallallahu has described that خَيْرُكُمْ خَيْرُكُمْ the best among you is the one who is best to his wife. And I'm the best among all of you to my wife. And in one hadith, Nabi Islam says, "Akmalul mu'minīna imānan, ahsanuhum khuluqa." The mu'min with the most perfect iman, can you imagine now so many things can be mentioned. The person with the most perfect iman is who? He could be the person making tahajjud the whole night, every night. Person who fasts every day of the year besides the days, it's not permissible. The person who makes tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, one khatam daily. All this is great, very great ibadat. And the more a person can do, the better. But none of these things are mentioned at this point. Abhis Khan says, the person with the most perfect iman, obviously for the perfection of iman, it starts off with the foundational things. The fundamentals of deen. That a person is fulfilling all the fundamentals. His salah, his zakat, his fasting, his hajj. And he's refraining from sins but then what is going to give that iman that perfection that shine give it that real splendor Nabi Islam says khuluqa. that person who has the best character, his iman is the most perfect and on top of that Nabi Islam says the one who is best among you is the one who is best to his wife so this aspect Nabi Islam is giving us this lesson also that, that the smallest branch of iman comparatively speaking small otherwise it's a huge branch of iman it is the foundation to this entire branch of deen known as mu'asharat and the crux of mu'asharat social dealing how we deal with our parents with our children with our wives with the husband with our brothers and sisters with people in general this is all known as mu'asharat social life Social interaction. And this branch of deen is based on this that nobody is given taklif. And after all, insan is insan. Others will make mistakes, we make mistakes also. <clears throat> so, how will that be handled? That will be handled with what Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has explained. For that peace in society, for that happiness, for that unity, for that tranquility, Allah Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi has given the prescription. Sil man qataak. The joint ties of relationship with the one who cuts off ties from you. Somebody is bent on cutting ties from you, you join ties with him. This is the akhlaq Nabi Salaam is teaching. سِلْ مَنْ مَنْ Forgive the one who has oppressed you. مَنْ أَسَاءَ This is only the Nabi of Allah can teach, nobody else can teach. مَنْ أَسَاءَ إِلَيْكْ that if somebody has given you ill treatment, somebody has treated you badly, you return his bad treatment with good treatment. He has thrown a thorn at you, you throw a flower at him. He has said something hurtful to you, you say something sweet to him. How long is he going to carry on saying hurtful things to you? Sooner or later he is going to have to start saying sweet things as well. And this is akhlaq And we find that the higher people have been then they have grown high with the akhlaq One person came to Hazrat Imam Abu Hanifa, in public. He's a great imam of the time. And in the middle of the gathering, he comes and he slaps him. Can we imagine, can we put that whole picture in our mind? And what a situation. A person of that caliber, that standing, that knowledge, that piety, and he has so many people that are his ardent lovers and followers and his students are in front of him and now somebody comes and slaps him Imam Saab says to him that look you slapped me he puts an indication everyone just sit and remain where you are nobody must move and then he addresses this person look you slapped me if I want I can slap you back because you have hurt me I can hurt you equally that is my right but I won't do that If I want, I can ask my friends here to take revenge on my behalf. I will be entitled to that also. Because you slapped me, I am entitled to take equal action. But I won't do that. If I want, I can go to the qazi, the judge, court basically, and lay a charge against you of assault. And I will be given the opportunity to take revenge. I can do that also. But I won't do that also if i want i can now because you have made zulm upon me you have oppressed me so if i make badwa against you i curse you i'll be entitled to do that because you have oppressed me but i won't do that also then if i want that on the day of Qiyamat, when if a person has got something left undone in this world he'll have to pay back on the day of Qiyamat. and he'll pay back with his good deeds He took somebody's wealth away in the dunya, he'll pay back with his deeds in the akhirat. And if all his amal are complete, he'll take other people's sins on his head. So if I want, I can leave it for the day of qiyamah. On that day, I will take retribution. I will say, Allah, this person slapped me. Now give me his amal. If I want, I can leave it on that day. But he says, I won't do that also. He says, instead, inshallah, Allah gives me jannat, and if Allah Ta'ala gives me the permission to intercede on anybody's behalf, I will intercede on your behalf and take you to Jannah with me. Now, this is akhlaq This is silman qata'ak, wa afu'amman zalamak, wa ahsin ilaman asaa ilayk. That return somebody's ill deed and ill behavior, bad conduct, somebody's bad doing with good. Now won't that person also melt? So this is the lesson that Nabi s.a.w. taught, And this is all from this branch of mu'asharat and of akhlaq And then Nabi s.a.w. says wal haya'u shu'batum al iman This was the main branch of iman, the very trunk of iman itself, that was the kalima la ilaha illallah. The smallest branch of iman is to remove something that will cause difficulty to anybody out of the way. I didn't do it. But that is a branch of iman for me to take it out of the way. To take it out of the way, I'm bringing alive this branch of Iman. This is something for us to be conscious of. And then Nabi Sallallahu says, Wal Haya'u shuhbatun minal Iman. That there are these more than 70 branches of Iman. But among them, Haya, modesty, shame. This is a huge branch of Iman. Because this branch, some are branches which is at one branch taking out. And some branches have branches coming out of them it's a branch itself but out of that branch there are branches and that branch sometimes carries the most fruit also so haya modesty and shame this is a huge branch of Iman and in the hadith Nabi Salaam says that this is such a fundamental branch of Iman that if this branch dries up it will affect the very trunk of Iman Al-Imanu wal-Haya'u qurana'u jami'a Nabi Islam says, Iman and Haya These coexist they are like friends that are never separated رفع رفع When one goes, the other will go with it It's not possible that Haya has gone completely from a person's life And Iman remains for long If Haya has gone, immodesty has set in Shamelessness has come then Iman will also go. Then a person will... It means nothing for him to lose his Iman, because he's got no shame left. Haya is a very fundamental part of Iman. And when Haya goes, so many things will go. When Haya goes, respect will go. Many a times a child sometimes does something disrespectful. The parents reprimand the child, or the ustad, or whoever. So how is the child reprimanded often? He says, you got no shame. Now what he did was disrespectful. But he's being reprimanded about shame. Because that respect also comes from that shame in him. If a person is shameless, he won't have respect also. And the hadith Nabi Salaam says, That a person without haya will do what he wishes. He won't be concerned about who is watching, who is saying what. His simple story will be, I don't care. I don't care what goes on. Who can say what they want to say? Because he's lost shame. He's lost haya. And unfortunately, this is something which is being, in a very calculated manner, being destroyed from our lives, from the lives of the Ummad. Haya in dressing. What has become the position of haya in dressing? That 40, 50 years ago, the dressing which even the kuffar would not tolerate or would not be able to imagine wearing... That today our sisters and mothers and daughters are wearing without anybody batting an eyelid. This is as a result of this haya diminishing. And haya is an inborn quality. But when it gets lost, it's very difficult to find it back. It's very difficult to bring it back. Therefore everything has to be done to protect it while it's there. And to take the steps and means to protect it. And presently all the devices around us are there to destroy haya. The newspapers are there to destroy Haya. Almost every other day there will be somebody who will be complaining about this. Some email or some call or whatever. That by the time I read the newspaper, it has caused havoc in my heart. So why read it? The shaitan box that is in the home. And now everything is at the press of a button in a person's hand. And what havoc and what chaos this is causing in lives of people. What extent the Haya is being destroyed. And people's Iman is being destroyed. The akhlaq is being destroyed. And marriages are being destroyed. Homes are being destroyed. Young people's youth is being destroyed. Because this is now previously the sins that a person... Maybe planned for a month and had to spend sometimes thousands of rands to go and covet somewhere. Now he's coveting that at the press of a button in his own home. So, this is something which is happening in a very calculated way to destroy Haya. Because when Haya is gone, then a person is not even concerned about what's happening to his own brothers and sisters. He's only concerned then about his fulfilling his own desire. When a person becomes shameless he's not worried about what's happening around the world it's just a news item that so many of my brothers got massacred here somebody got got martyred there it's a news item it doesn't even move our hearts to make dua for them to make dua for their families it's a news item this is when haya goes away and haya is being demolished whether it's by the signboards whether it's by that box in the home whether it is by those instruments and devices in our hands, whether it is the newspapers, whether it is the magazines, and in, to the extent that it, whether it is that juice bottle also on the table nowadays. And even that has got a picture of shamelessness. But everybody gets comfortable with it over time. Everybody is okay with it. The mother is reading something in front of the teenage son, the son is reading that newspaper in front of his mother. daughter is reading in front of the father and there's so much of shamelessness all splashed on the pages there. Everybody's reading in front of one another and all are comfortable. This comfortable feeling is not comfortable. This is as a result of a lack of sensitivity of haya. There was one person who had a problem on his leg. Some whatever disease had set in. It was a plumber and uh, not a Muslim person at that time. Alhamdulillah now he's accepted Islam as well keep him steadfast so his legs were paralyzed one one was paralyzed from a long time one day he was sitting out some site which he was working on It was extremely cold and in order to give himself some warmth he had lit a fire but while leaning and he dozed off and he's that leg that was paralyzed or lost all sense that got so close to the fire that he started burning the flesh started actually burning and it was only when his clothing caught a light, that's when when he realized something is happening and he woke up. But by that time his foot was already burnt. He didn't know a thing. Why? Because all this everything had died off before that, in it. So though it was on fire, he was comfortable still. He was sitting comfortably. But he was burning, it was on fire. But he was comfortable, not he was comfortable, he was in terrible danger. But he didn't know the danger, he couldn't feel it, because the senses had died. Likewise, when Haya dies off, or becomes so subdued and so little and minimal, then a person feels comfortable. He's in major crisis and a terrible danger, but everybody feels comfortable, everything's fine, nothing's happening. So this is the thing that we have to become conscious about, to bring the consciousness of Haya alive, to talk to our families about this Haya. What an important aspect of deen this is. Rabbi Islam says this coexists with Iman. Haya goes, Iman will go also. And Haya is a thing when it is lost then all the others, so many branches of Iman will go with it. Other will go with it. Deen itself will go with it. So this is the very concise hadith of Rasulullah wasallam, but which is filled with so much of knowledge in it for us. Just to recap very briefly, we started off by saying that Iman must not just remain hidden under the ground, deep down in our hearts. It must bring forth its benefit. It must bring forth its leaves, its branches, its leaves, so that others also benefit from the shade. Others also benefit from the beautiful uh, flowers of mu'asharat and mu'amalat. Others also taste the beautiful fruit of our akhlaq. So this iman must come forth with all the good character, with all the a'mal, with the good dealings, with the ibadat also in life. And together with that, the lesson of zikr. That we have to be dedicating some time daily for the zikr of Allah. And together with that, the simple zikr, by keeping our tongue engaged in Bismillah, we're reciting Bismillah upon doing anything. Keep reciting Durood Sharif, Istighfar every now and again. Maybe a person doesn't, cannot, or we're not in that caliber or position to be constantly non-stop doing it, every now and again after every few minutes, a few times, after every five minutes, one time, then to how much it will become. So to keep ourselves engaged in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, this will develop the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. That we become aware and conscious all the time. Allah is watching. Allah is with me. I can't hide anywhere. I can close all the doors and all the windows and all the curtains and I can switch the lights off too, but Allah Ta'ala can see. Allah Ta'ala is aware. يَعْلَمُ sudur. Allah Ta'ala knows the deception of the eye. Where it's looking. And what is concealed in the heart, Allah is aware. And the other lesson was of removing anything difficult, any cause of difficulty from the path. The lesson of mu'asharat and mu'amalat, the correct dealings with people, the lesson of akhlaat. We don't cause any taklif to anybody, any hardship and any difficulty to anybody. And we have this forgiving and compassionate nature within us. Return other people's ill deeds with good and the aspect of Haya, that we have to bring this branch of Deen alive. We have to safeguard this Haya, and protect it, otherwise this will cause great danger to our Iman as well. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give me also the tawfiq, grant all of us the tawfiq, of bringing all these branches of Iman alive within us. May Allah keep us with Iman, take us with Iman, and raise us on the day of Qiyamah to the Iman. Wa دَعْوَانَا عَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ suggested we should just have a short zikr uh, majlis for a few minutes we'll make some zikr and then make dua this is just as a means of encouraging us, this is something to do daily, some dedicated time in the privacy of our home, wherever but some time daily to dedicate for the zikr of Allah Allah. Allah, Allah give us tawfiq First, we'll recite La ilaha illallah a hundred times. In the hadith sharif, it is mentioned that the person who recites La ilaha illallah a hundred times daily, Allah Ta'ala will cause his face to shine like the 14th moon on the day of Qiyamah. What this means is that Inshallah, he'll get the tawfiq and the ability to do those actions and those a'mal that will become the means of his face shining on the day of Qiyamah. If the person's face shines, the rest of him will shine, he will go to Jannah. Then he can't go to Jahannam, Inshallah. Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq. We said the Sharif three
1: times. Allahumma salli ala wa sallam wa ala alihi wa sallam wa sallam wa ala wa sallam wa ala wa وَأَصْحَابِهِ وَبَارَكَ وَسَلَّمَ تَسْلِيمًا كَثِيرًا كَثِيرًا يَا رَبِّ صَلِّ وَسَلِّمْ نَائِمًا أَبَدًا عَلَى حَبِيبِكَ خَيْرِ الْخَلْقِ كُلِّهِمِ جَزَ اللَّهُ عَنَّا نَبِيَّنَا محمد صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ بِمَا هُوَ أَهْلُهُ La in illallah in the in the La in the in the La in the Inna ilaha illallah La ilaha Inna La ilaha illallah La Inna illallah La ilaha illallah Inna Rasulullah Sallallahu ilaihi Inna lillahi ہو جائے میرا دل ایک میدانے ہو تو ہی تو ہو تو ہی تو ہو تو ہی تو غیر سے بالکل ہی اٹھ جائے نظر تو تو آئے نظر دیکھو جدر اور میرے تن میں بجائے آب و نفس و شیطہ دونوں نے مل کر ہائی کیا ہے مجھ کو تباہ اے میرے مولا میری مدد کر چاہتا ہوں میں تیری پناہ مجھ خلق میں کوئی گو تو مگر بخش tan dam me aakhir mere ilah la ilaha la ilaha la ilaha la ilaha la ilaha we we'll recite
0: a hundred times Allah This in mind, this imagination That just as we have a tongue in the mouth There's a tongue in the heart also And as the tongue in the mouth is reciting Allah The tongue in the heart is also reciting Allah
1: Allah Allahu Jalla Jaladuhu Anna Namaduhu Allah. جل Allah Allah kaisa pyara naam hai aashiqon ka meena aur jam hai Allah Allah kaisa pyara naam hai aashiqon را غیر خدا محرم نبود ah ra juz asma hamdam nabood ra zar khuda mehram nabood ilahi bandara ruswa makun garmadam man sirre man pedamakun ilahi bandara ruswa makun garmadam man sirre man ہر تمنہ دل سے رخصت ہو گئی اب تو آجا اب تو خلوت ہو گئی ہر تمنہ دل سے رخصت ہو اب تو آجا اب تو ہو मिटा दे अपनी हस्ती को छोड़ दे सारी बस्ती को बस्ती बस्ती कहता जा अल्लाह अल्लाह अल्लाह
2: अल्लाह 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 الله 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 الله
1: الله لا اله الا الله محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وسلم اللهم لك الحمد كله وولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحسي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جز الله علينا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا ولمنا أنفسنا وإلام تخفي لنا وترحمنا لنكوننا من الخاسرين رب اخفر وارحم وعفو وتكرم وتجاوز عما عم تعلم إنك أنت العز الأكرم ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان
0: وأحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان Ya Allah Bare Khatarnak, Ya Allah we are indeed greatly sinned Ya Allah. We have sinned Ya Allah in the night and in the day, Allah. Ya Allah deliberately and mistakenly Allah. Ilahul alamin, we deeply regret all the sins we have committed. Ya Allah, Ya Allah, out of Your grace and mercy, Ya Allah, You forgive every sin that we have committed. Ya Allah, Ya Allah, forgive us, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, forgive our families, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, forgive our relatives and friends, Ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Ilahul Ya Allah, shower Your mercy on the ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive the ummah, ya, ya Allah. Remove the suffering of the ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, indeed it is the result of our actions, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, whatever is happening around the world is the result of our actions, Ya Allah. Ya Allah Ya Allah, we seek your forgiveness, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you remove the Ya Allah. Remove the azab from the ummah, Ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, Ya Allah, give us a tawfiq of obeying you in everything, Ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, fill our hearts with your love, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, fill our hearts with your consciousness, Ya Allah. Let us be forever aware that you are watching, Ya Allah. Let us be forever aware that you know, Ya Allah. You know what is passing through our hearts and minds, Ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, you know where our eyes are looking, Ya Allah. You know what our ears are listening to, Ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, Ya Allah, give us your consciousness, Ya Allah. Yalla ya give us your remembrance ya Allah. Yalla ya enable us to remember you all the time ya Allah. Ilahul alamin ya Allah full of our hearts with the strength of iman ya Allah. Yalla ya grant us the love of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Yalla give us the love of the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Ya Allah let us follow the way of life of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Ya Allah put the hatred of the ways of the Yahud and Nasara in our hearts ya Allah. Ilahul alamin save us from the ways of the Yahud and Nasara ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah, all those who have passed away, ya Allah, fill their covers with noor, ya Allah. Ya Allah, make their complete maghfirat, ya Allah. Ya Allah, make their complete maghfirat, ya Allah. Ya Allah, give them the high stages of akhirat, ya Allah. Ya Allah, at the time of our death take us with the kalima, la ilaha illallah. Muhammadur rasulullah. Ilahul alamin ya Allah, take us on tawbat and nasuh, ya Allah. Ya Allah, take us on iman e kamil, ya Allah. Ya Allah, take us at the time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, ya Allah. Ya Allah, make our covers gardens of jannah for us, ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us a shafat of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wa sallam ilahul alamin grant us jannatul firdaus without any reckoning ya allah ilahul alamin those of our parents who are alive ya allah give them barakah in their lives barakah in their health Ilahul alamin enable us to obey them enable us to serve them ya allah let us get jannah out of service to them ilahul alamin those of our parents who have passed away ya allah fill their khabars with noor ya allah make their complete maghfirati ya allah ilahul alamin give them the highest stages in the Akhirat ya allah rabbi irhamhuma kama rabbayana sighara rabbi irhamhuma kama rabbayana sighara Rabbi irhamhuma kama rabbayani saghira Ilahul alamin ya Allah all those who are sick give them complete shifa and afiat ya Allah Ilahul Alameen, all those who are in any financial difficulties remove their difficulties ya Allah Ilahul العالمين those who are in debts make the means of them paying their debts with afiat ya Allah Ilahul العالمين ya Allah those who are in any kind of problems and hardships remove their difficulties with afiat ya Allah Ilahul العالمين ya Allah give us the tawfiq of ya Allah obeying you every moment and every breath of our life ya Allah Alameen save us from all the fitna and fasadi Allah ilahul Alameen ya Allah protect the haya of the ummati Allah grant us the haya of iman ya Allah ilahul full our hearts with haya ya Allah our actions with haya ya Allah save us from every shamelessness and immodesty ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah grant us all the good qualities ya Allah grant us the akhlaq of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam ilahul Alameen grant us the Muashirat and muamalat of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam Allah save us from following the ways of the yahood and nasara ya Allah in all the good that rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam asked for ya allah we are also begging for all that good whatever your nabiy sallallahu alaihi wasallam sought refuge from ya allah we are also seeking protection from it ya allah allahumma inna nas'aluka min khairi ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam wa na'udhu bika min sharri musta'adhaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam anta al-musta'an wa alayka
1: al-balagh wa la hawla wa la quwwata illa billahi al-ali azim wa sallallahu ta'ala ala خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله واصحابه اجمعين والحمد لله رب